How's your coffee, Andy? It's lovely. Welcome to Frame by Frame. Thank you. <laughs> my, my son is, is here. He's awake. He's playing with his left foot. Yep. Nothing to do with Daniel Day-Lewis no, or no, movies, no. but he's making he's making a reference it's already. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> okay, this is episode 30. Can you believe it? 30. 30 wow. episodes. You know, it's it's hardly a 600 milestone like, like certain other people, but... Um, yeah, it's not a thousand. No, but, but it's, it's thirty. It's thirty. It's a it's a number. It's a round number. It's a round number. Yeah, yeah. So we thought we'd mark this momentous occasion by talking about a film. <laughs> a film. I, I, we're going to differ from the norm and talk about a film instead of talking about Spice Girls, Michael Bay, Chuck Norris. Oh, by the way, speaking of Chuck Norris, uh, I think Peter Cushing is more hardcore than Chuck Norris. Really? Yeah, I, I kind of... Uh, what would Chuck say about that? Somebody sent me something, a, um, a friend who didn't realise we had a podcast um, until until now, uh, sent me a, a Peter Cushing quote thing, and it goes like this. Peter Cushing, he killed Dracula with a pair of candlestick holders, he blew up Alderaan, he fought Daleks, he has been at the Earth's core, he's killed more vampires than Buffy... He's outsmarted Moriarty and uh, verbally... Uh, sorry. Verbally bitch-slapped Darth Vader. Um, so I beg your pardon, but do you really think Chuck Norris can do that? Well, Chuck yeah. Norris doesn't scare... Doesn't... Uh, sorry. <laughs> Chuck Norris doesn't flush the toilet. He scares the poo out of it. <laughs> Has Peter Cushing ever done that? <laughs> See, I didn't oh. swear because Aspen's there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we, this this um, episode is Universal C. Oh, it's him. He just liked us, Robert. Yeah. Actually, Robert. Yeah, Bobcat. Yeah, I saw yeah. him and I thought he owns a gun. He does. I, I thought I, he's he a big, looks like a guy who owns a gun. He's a, a big uh, US um, uh, history history buff. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, so uh, if ever we wanted to talk about the Civil War, he'd be your guy. Um, meaning. Marvel's oh. Civil War that's Marvel's Civil War that's happening yeah, next yeah. year no I think you might still want to talk about it if you if you want to pay for us to do a special frame by frame over in America that's that's fine okay if he's up for that yeah. Kentucky he's from Kentucky so that, that'll I'm be not, interesting I'm happy with that go watch the Wildcats okay Robert if you want to pay for us to come and do a special frame by frame with you I'm all I'm all up for that mate and a, and a Civil War reenactment while we're at it okay yeah. Yeah. Can I be Iron Man? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, it was a good one, Aspen. Aspen he's, didn't laugh. Tough, he's, tough crowd. He's still on his. He's still on his left foot. That's okay. And his right thigh. <laughs> he's learning. <laughs> he's learning parts. Actually, before we get into um, David Lynch is back on Twin Peaks. He is. is? He yeah. Well, yeah. There's been a big, uh, big confusion on Twitter because the, the because of the biker brawl that happened last week. Yeah. This is this this episode is going to be very timely, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, the biker brawl was in Twin Peaks, Texas. Right. And so, hear about this. so they had the hashtag Twin Peaks shooting. So everybody on Twitter was jumping on saying, David Lynch is back! David Lynch is back! So I'm hoping that what you're saying isn't just on the, on the spur off of, of the hashtag uh, Twin Peaks shooting and everybody getting excited and thinking that it, that David Lynch is in, in fact back in the chair. I'm hoping... Well, what I'd heard is the dispute that he'd had with um, the uh, distribution company was sort of like... Oh, sorry, I thought been, the bike been sorted yeah. and, um, yeah. Yeah? And they're coming back and doing more, actually more episodes than were initially... So do you think it might have just been a, a hyperbole, um... Well, what it was, they hadn't invested enough money in developing the scripts, and he wasn't happy about doing it. But that's, that's, that's a game that you would normally have anyway. That's probably the same game that every director plays with mm. production companies, and I think that because of social network, we hear about it. Yeah. Whereas normally we wouldn't usually hear about it. Well, it's just to say, with all these petition websites that you've got now, it's great. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, you know, all of a sudden 30,000 people within a day had signed a petition to say, bring Lynch back, give him what he wants. Yeah. So at least um, pr producers and, and studios do get 
to have uh, an idea of what what people do think. Yeah, and, and if the internet's good for one thing, it informs them. Yeah, we can you know at least fight our corner a little bit. Yeah, Just, you know. Yeah, I reckon there's there's there's. So we've got that. We can fight our corner and fight for what we believe in and actually have a voice. And free pod. That's all the internet's good for. I want to combine both. <laughs> Com- campaign them, pawn. Close your ears. <laughs> Camp- uh, you know, cluster- they-, they call it crowdfunding. Yeah. There's cluster for... Um, which, um, yeah. It's so difficult doing- being rude and dirty and lewd in front of a, a five-month-old yeah, baby. Yeah, so. because there's crowdfunding and crown... Cluster, cluster. Uh... So what are we talk about this? <laughs> you talking to me? Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Well, who the hell else are you talking? Talking to me? I'm funny how. I mean, funny. I'm Peter Vinkman. We all go a little mad sometimes. I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Still working on your left foot. Okay, we're going to give you left foot updates throughout the episode. Yeah, it's very exciting. So before... It's coming off. It is. It's coming off. (laughs) It's kind of like a live event in the background. (laughs) Yeah. And the sock is off. Oh, it's fun, isn't it? You wanted to acknowledge Letterman? I do. I mean, it's, it's kind of a weird feeling. Um... I mean, I, I used to watch him prolifically um, ever since 1993, I think, around about that time when mm. he actually got onto CBS. And uh, I didn't understand the story be- behind his uh, his career change from NBC to CBS, but I was totally hooked on it that I booked the book. I bought the book and I uh, read all about it. And uh, all of a sudden I was fascinated by this guy. And so I, I, no matter where I, where I was, I, I tried to get episodes. Right. And I watched it and, and then it came on Sky and then it was on ITV2. And we kind of had David Letterman on every week and it was great. Um, but then all the British broadcasting networks and uh, the Sky networks decided, eh, no, we're, we're going to cut David Letterman, you know. So the only way I could ever watch clips was was actually from from the website um so it kind of it, it's a bit bittersweet because i haven't been able to kind of generate that that constant constant watching him consistently for 33 years but i still kind of feel the loss that he's right. no longer there because you kind of feel as though i mean he's he's been such a presence in my life especially i mean he's influenced uh, a lot of a lot of how i am and uh, understanding yeah. how um well, how you can be a goofball and and be honest with with yourself about that and uh, not worry about what people think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I kind of attribute that um, part of my uh, part of me. Um, so like him. when Jerry Hollywood well left the Spice Girls, that kind of loss. Well, yeah. not that strong though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this sadness. But no, with Dave Lemon, I mean, it, it's it is a loss. I mean, he's he's been on the television for 33 years in America every night and he's been part of pop culture it's astonishing isn't it and you know when you're watching interviews all these astonishing interviews with with actors and and directors and and, and creative people musicians especially huge pull for musicians usually it's Dave Letterman's show that you're seeing these clips from so it has been a a big influence and I think he's going to be missed I think so yeah there was um, because I watched the Bill Murray Bit, coming out of the cake and all that yeah but there was a little, there was a moment where he was talking and saying you know we built a friendship and you know people are going to miss you and Letterman looked like he was about to break down he's been very relaxed Letterman has been very relaxed this last week and I think that he's kind of just been t- telling himself you know just he used to beat himself up not literally <laughs> he used to basically his his style was is that uh, he wanted to, to create the best show the most entertainment sh- entertaining show that he possibly could mm. and when he felt as though there was some some nights it didn't work out he would demand to get the tape 
of the recording. Yeah. And he'd lock himself in his in his uh, in his office, and he would sit there and just curse. I fucked up number six. No, you didn't. No, I fucked it up. It was the only decent joke in the whole fucking show. And I it was it. funny. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was funny. It I wasn't. Let me see the tape. No, why don't you just take a breather? Give me the fucking tape. What do you know of the man, like, away from the yeah. show? What was he like? What's he like personally? He was very reclusive, very yeah. much a private man. He was, you know, he, he ran his own um, um, team of cars. Um, like, that sounds really dumbed down. He ran his own team of cars. <laughs> did they drove yeah, and he, stuff? He did. Uh, in Indy 500, you know, all, uh, he had his own uh, team. Oh, like a race team. He had his own race team. Oh, and he right. invested in that, and he was very much a part of that. Um, he, he hung out with with close friends and had dinner with with Regis Philburn and uh, and Don Rickles and people who he was close to. But he would he was never a kind of a person who would open his door to everybody. First of all, let me tell you a little bit about my life. I have <laughs> I have it's, it, it occurred to me a couple of years ago. I have an unusual life. For a long time, I just thought, well, we're all pretty much like me. Well, God forbid, we're not. And. <laughs> But I have an odd life, and you know, when I wake up, every day is like uh, like I've been abducted and taken to Disney World. Just every day, just every day, you you just never know, you know. And 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 also, I've discovered over the last few years, I'm my own worst enemy. I'm my own worst enemy. Here, let me tell you what. But listen, this has a glorious ending, so don't despair. <laughs> By the time we're done, and and I hope just I hope to God we have enough tape for this story. By the time. <laughs> Something wonderful and lovely happened. So, so here's the deal. <clears throat> now, uh, uh, I, I like to exercise, and, and when I exercise, I run. Now, uh, well, that's kind of a euphemism now, but it's still, that's what I try to do. <laughs> and uh, and, and I, don't, I don't know if you're like me in this regard, but I don't, I don't like being photographed while I'm, while I'm running. Uh, you know, I don't, maybe people like being photographed while they're exercising. <laughs> I don't, for, for two reasons. Uh, one, you're just out there and you kind of, uh, you know, you like to sweat and smell bad and you're thinking of stuff. And, and that's, you know, you like to be alone. And number two, when I run, I look like a plucked ostrich. <laughs> so I don't... So, so now, like a year ago, I'm, I'm out running, and, uh, and I'm, I run down to this uh, track, and I'm running. And when I go out, I'm no piker. I'm out there for at least an hour. I'm doing, like, anywhere between five and seven, seven and a half, eight miles. Right. So I'm out there running, Good. ladies and gentlemen. I, you know, so I go down there, and I'm, I'm running around the track, and, and I see a guy with a camera. Now, it's not like a tourist. It's not like somebody from Des Moines. This is one of those guys. <laughs> And so, and so I run up to the guy, and I say, uh, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm taking your picture. And I say, well, I would rather you don't take my picture because I look like a plucked ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> and so he and I get into a little bit of a tussle, and he says, well, you know, this is my job. And he says, you're a celebrity, and I can take all the pictures you want. Now, I realize now, okay, this is a professional. It's more or less a public place. There's not much I can do about this. You see? I mean, he's doing what he can do. Legally, I can't do a thing. So I, I came upon a little strategy, and it's, it's a two-part R loudly and intently, I scream obscenities at the guy. <laughs> I, I get as close to him as I can, and I'm screaming obscenities to the guy. And, and the first reason I do this is because uh, I want to make the experience as uncomfortable for him <laughs> as he is making it as for me. For you. And, and don't kid yourself, I've had pretty good luck with this strategy. <laughs> now, the, you know, wait a minute. Now, the second reason I do this, when I scream the obscenities at these guys while they're taking my picture, the second reason, and God uh, forgive me, I find it enormously satisfying. <laughs> so. Of course, he had a, a, a stalker who, who invaded his house once, and uh, these kind of things happened, and, uh, you know, I think he just found himself... Uh, I found it a lot easier just to be private yeah. and I, I'm surprised that he did so well I mean of course once he had his son paparazzi came out a lot more and uh, they wanted to just snapshots of him being a dad because they, they'd never seen that before but on, mm. on, his, on the show he's always been that kind of person who says to people I never leave the house you know but he does yeah. he gets out 
But you know, that's kind of he, he kind of he does kind of come across as as, as a sincere. And in his younger age, he was a goofball, yeah, complete goofball. But he did things. I mean, if you see that Impractical Jokers show, he was no. doing he was doing that on Letterman. You know, just sitting in a car, telling this guy to do do embarrassing things to strangers and making them think that they're crazy. Um, he did that. He dropped stuff off off the top of buildings to see how they would smash. Not like Gallagher does with melons, but yeah. you know, he he did all this crazy stuff. He put he put cameras on monkeys. Just want to interrupt here. The sock is off. The sock is off. He he has taken the sock off and he's enjoying <laughs> looking at me with confusion. Oh, here we go. Daddy's hey. making baby noises. We got a big smile. Big smile. He's happy with the podcast so far, I think. Excellent. But yeah, that's that's David Letterman. You know, uh, whatever he's going to do, I, I I don't think he's going to kind of do much television uh, now. I, I don't think he's going to do anything else. There, I don't think there's going to be the big. Uh, they expected the big showdown interview between Jay Leno and Dave Letterman, right. but that never happened. Um, excuse me, is that an attention? <laughs> is that are you? Are you on attention? You saying you saying get on with it? He's, no, I think he wanted the Leno interview, didn't he? He does. Yeah, he wants us to get on with it. Yeah. So, what film are we going to talk about for our thirtieth episode? Get on with it. I think we should talk about It Follows. Really? That yes, film? That film. The that film, film that we both watched so we could talk about it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates. I had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy. Just having some sort of freedom, I guess. Jay, I'm sorry. Help. You're not going to believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. What exactly is supposed to be following you? I don't know. Just pass it along. You believe me, right? Nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> See? Everything's okay. There's something wrong with me. <laughs> if it kills her, it goes straight down the line whoever started it. I went into this film thinking I'm going to like this yeah and already I, and I did like it I think I'm pre-programmed to love films like this yeah I, I think that did you did, what, did you see the trailer before you no. watched it did you read anything about it before Um, I'd heard Mark Kerbold talk about it Ooh. I tried not to listen but I, you know I did um, <laughs> you try not to listen you click on something you gotta well, no, you click on it and you go ah, la, 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 hands over the ears by the way ah. well as you know he reviews a lot of films not just that one film he's not like us oh he's you know I mean? so, and then he sort of talk about it follows I was like oh no don't no, uh, uh, but you know I heard bits yeah but I think it, it kind of you know once you know that uh, that Mark Kermode is behind something because he liked Borderlands he did he liked Unfriended which is a bit of a that's made me want to watch it. That makes me want to watch because I, I think I trust him. I mean, he, he hated uh, Sex in the City too so much, as did I. That's my favorite rant. That was amazing ever. rant. Oh. Um, and and I, I've I've been listening to Commode since. Oh, I have since, in, since, since he introduced since sliced bread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he used to introduce Channel Four. What I love about his Sex in the City two rant was like he starts it by saying, "Right, you we're expecting a rant." He goes, "I'm not going to give you a rant." the film doesn't deserve a rant I'm not going to give you one because it's, it's that bad I'm not even it's not worth me getting angry the and then he gets himself angry and so yeah. this massive rant it's the biggest rant that he's ever given yeah it's amazing and uh, you can always I think that, you know if, if we ever preface a, a show by saying we're not going to rant 
we were, you know, I think Enfield was probably our biggest uh, yeah uh, Enfield well, we sort of try to look at the good in things don't we even if it's not particularly good try and find yeah, something in but, there that is good but with the conjuring too I don't think we've managed to the Enfield oh. there's it, it, it pisses me off yeah I'm just <laughs> sorry. Hoping, sorry that's been, sorry for your dad being so rude <laughs> but I'm just hoping that it's like a fan made trailer that and it'll not be like that but yeah it's Hollywood, you know. It's Hollywood. I mean, it's come on. Hollywood. They want to make. They want to remake. Don't look now, which is uh, you know, in the vein of it follows. I know eventually they're remaking the craft. Oh, Why the craft? The craft. That sort of cult witch film. That was a re- lo- that was a lovely film. That they're remaking. I love it. it. Oh, but why? I just, I, exactly. Why? But the thing is, I, I kind of it kind of makes me think. You know, I mean, it follows is a unique original story. Yeah. Okay. But it does lend itself to referencing uh, a lot of a lot of uh, pop culture and retro films that we enjoy and love from the eighties. That opening scene where it just fades in and you're in like um, America suburbia, and um, <laughs> that woman just walks out, and the camera just one shot, just one shot. For, it's just pure Halloween. It it's, is, it's, yeah. It's like around the ending part of Halloween, and it's just it's brilliant, really well shot. It it is, and it's it's kind of. You're just following the action, and you're thinking, "Well, it's it doesn't seem there's nothing chasing her. There's nothing there, and she's just going from one place to the other. She seems like something's bothering her. Her dad's like calling after her, and yeah, just, like, well, she's just ignoring him. It seems a bit weird. Yeah, and, and then she drives to the ocean, and then she's just sat there on the phone, like saying, apolo- goodbye. saying goodbye to her mum and dad, apologizing in tears. And the, the only thing that's lighting her up is the headlights of the car. Yeah. And it's quite a nice little shot. Beautifully done. Yeah. yeah. And then you see the next day and she's, <laughs> she's been all cracked into a weird... Into a, a broken... Yeah. yeah. Which is... Uh, yeah. And that, that reminded me of... Um, of, uh, of... Is it Laura? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It reminded Laura me of Palmer. Twin, Laura Palmer when she was found on the on the uh, the beach. Yeah. That just reminded Wrapped me of that. Wrapped in plastic. Wrapped in plastic. Um, yeah. There's a fish in the percolator. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so it, it reminded me of Twin Peaks. It reminded me uh, of, um, of, of, of course, Carpenter films yeah. of the eighties. See, this is the thing. What we it's, it's I, I've said before were like John Carpenter in the eighties was referencing films from the sixties and seventies. Yeah, stuff that he was inspired by. Now, thirty years on, filmmakers are referencing the films that they were influenced by. Which is it's John generational. So it's, it's all, like a, yeah. yeah, it's a loop, isn't it? That just yeah, keeps. Exactly. So in like thirty years' time, people might be referencing the director of it follows and doing things like that. You know, it's um... or Ouija. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is yeah, which has has been referenced as the other uh, horror film that's been out at the, uh, relatively in the same time and is is completely horrible, just like all the other um, despicable yeah. horror films that are out. Um, but you know, when, when you when you kind of being fed. A certain food like uh, Conjuring, uh, like Insidious, like Ouija, like uh, Paranormal Activity. When you're being fed this kind of diet, you kind of get used to it, hmm. and you kind of can become complacent. You, you end up saying things like, "Oh, you know, it's not the best horror film. It didn't really scare me, but it was still, it was, it was okay. It was good. It yeah. was okay." There, there was, there was a, but I think a lot of it is in desperation because we desperately need to feel as though there's something going, that there's something that we're taking from these films. Yeah, there's that, and there's there's a part I like. I just like horror films as a genre. So sometimes I even, I, even, like, I really enjoyed like a really terrible horror film. I mean, The Right was rubbish. From Hell was okay. Evil Dead, of course, is incredible. Have that you again. seen the remake of Evil Dead? I don't think I have. Yes. I haven't seen Grave Encounter. Okay. Stir of Echoes was okay again, but the thing is, we programmed because we desperately we're used to used to having a diet, and, and you know, if you're used to eating something, and because you gotta you gotta digest it, you gotta you gotta eat. The guys gotta eat, and if mm. they're eating gruel, you kind of just you just appreciate the fact that you've actually got food to eat. But when a film like um, Starry Eyes comes out. Yeah, like this, it kind of makes you look at that gruel that you've been eating and thinking, "Oh, God, well, I can't believe I, I've been missing out yeah. all along on this." Well, there's the craft. You see, the, the, you see films like The Wolfman, a totally rubbish film, yeah. really rubbish. I mean, it's um, it, there's nothing in it that's memorable. 
So, uh, but it follows is 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 definitely not one of those kind of films. Um, it, it steps out because it's. Uh, do you want attention? The wide angle shots are are absolutely beautiful. Mm. Um, the color, the hue. There's a there's a certain warmth to it, yeah. Which is un, it was a very surprising for these kind of films. Starry Eyes was to me very cold. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very blue tints, all of that. But but this one, this one, it, it didn't do that. It stayed warm, mm. and I, I and that's very rare. It was golden. It was crisp. It was it was kind of like summer, mm. whereas Starry Eyes was winter. It was yeah. kind of it just it felt totally out of place for a horror film to to be there but it was so so clear so crisp beautiful and the idea of um this is it's essentially this thing whatever it is is a, a sexually transmitted disease that's that's fascinating yeah that's a nice concept especially when all the horror films that we're used to it's usually the virgins who are um the ones who survive at the end well again i suppose it goes back to that the moment yeah. you have sex in a horror film then your numbers up yeah but, but sort of like the the video in Ring, you have to get someone else to watch the video and yes. then pass on to that person. Which is kind of odd because uh, this is this is kind of the one thing that that a lot of these films have is that you know as soon as as soon as she passes it on to the to the group of, of sailors, mm. <laughs> hello sailor, she 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 obviously sees these three guys in a boat. Um, why they're not gay, you know. Yeah. Maybe that would be even funnier if she actually went there and she, they actually rejected it because they were actually free gay men. Free yeah. gay men. That would have been an interesting scene than the frustration that she had. But that's a really dark scene, isn't it? Where she swims out and you don't see anything, but you know that she had sex with three guys on a boat. Yeah, she had. Yeah, most likely. And then they would have passed. She basically passed the uh, the walker. Yeah. The walker, I guess. I guess yeah. To 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 them, but then it, it must kill them because it comes back to her. Yeah. So whoever was the last person to have possession of this of this curse, if if the last person dies, then it goes back into the back along the chain, which is a bit strange how it can be selective in that way. Yeah. I, I don't know how you know. Of course, if if there was any other way, then we'll never get back to the girl. Yeah. yeah. But the beauty of it is, is, you don't see any reason why. That's what I love in a horror film. Yes, there's Not no reason. Not answering questions. It's there's ambiguous. no reason for it. Exactly. It's just it it wants to kill that person. Is is there only one? It is it only one, or are there many its? Well, you don't know because at one point it's an old lady walking towards, and then it's that big tall bloke. And yeah, that tall guy. It was the tall guy that fascinated me the most because he was seen least hmm. on screen, and he just appeared in in kind of this uh, half in the shadows I mean that, there's that brilliant moment where, the, where, where she's run up the stairs after yeah. seeing that woman urinating all over her kitchen floor yeah walking towards walking towards her which you know, the, the, the choices that it selects to kind of have an image I don't know what that comes from but it's very odd yeah. but, but then, yeah, then she locks she herself runs in a room doesn't yeah. she she's terrified and then her friends are on the other side of the door knocking and wanting to get yeah, in yeah a couple come in and so. then the girl with the glasses uh, Lara Yara ya, Yama yeah She's yeah, what, yeah. She's like, what the hell's going on? The and this big tall just walks in. He just walks right behind her. Yeah, and it's it's just it's just out of nothing. And I think you know, to be honest, it's very hard to light that kind of thing. I mean, he's wearing a big bright white t-shirt, yeah. and he still still seems to come from nothing, which is really well done. Yeah, yeah. And of course, they can do it with crossfades and all kinds of things. You know, well, it's all clever lighting. It's all clever, well, and yeah. also maybe a bit of a bit of special effects just to kind of push him away until the last moment um, but that, that's that, incredible but at that point then she runs away she gets on a bike doesn't she and she, she pedals away yeah, yeah and she gets to that playground and it's the most exposed place and as a viewer then you're looking in every part of that woodland yeah. surrounding the playground now you're in there walking towards it exactly you're then in. that film has you that film has you and it has you yeah um, I mean it, it, it's it's kind of odd because the the, the, the creature doesn't pounce until it's right in front of you and there's mm. there, there are moments where it doesn't even kill straight away I mean it grabbed her hair yeah. at the beach and because uh, it, it took took the image uh, the uh, vision of her friend Yala yeah. Yala Yala what was her name I, I need to know um, what was the name of the film it follows comes that's the that's Sequel. the porn version. Um, yeah, we, we we watched the Red Letter Media interview, so it's uh, it's influencing. 
Um, okay, so let's 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 have a look here. Yara, Yara is the uh, the girl with the glasses, the final character. She and it basically copies her. Mm. Um, creates a copy, a doppelganger, yeah. if you will. And we see it, we because we, we, we see her walking by just as he goes. Which just to in pee. the back of the street, isn't it? Yeah. Back of the yeah, the shot, and she's just walking towards very slowly. But we, but we watch it unconcerned to begin with. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like until she starts to float on the dinghy and in, in the in the river, then we kind of think, oh, but she's there. Oh, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> but they, it but it doesn't kill her straight away. I mean, why doesn't it kill her like like the the mother character did? For the the other guy who just suddenly opens the door and then she just flies on him yeah. and grinds him, which is you know awkward, awkward, oh, Oedipus um, yeah. moment. Um, but uh, yeah, there's it, for some reason it, sex seems to be the last, the, the thing that it, it, it it's craving. Mm. Thank goodness Grandma didn't catch up with her first of all, because that would have been a very awkward movie. But that again is done. <laughs> I know, but that's done so well because at first you just see there's people walking around and there's just someone walking yeah. towards, but you don't even pay any attention to it. It's just someone walking. Yeah. And then you see her in the classroom, the Halloween moment, where she looks out and notices something. Yes. Halloween yeah. is my mind, this It's an old lady just walking towards. She's like, well, it's okay. Then, like Halloween, she just turns away, looks around, and looks back. It's still walking towards her. Yeah, it's yeah, brilliant. It's really well done. But it's it's like you start to envision, like with with zombie films, especially. You know, what what venues could they have taken this? Where could they have gone? Mm. And I, I could never have guessed that they would actually end up at a swimming pool. But then I'm start, I'm starting to think about the theme of water. And yeah. The theory of what what does water mean? Because no matter where they go, I mean, she starts off in a, in her own uh, swimming pool next to her house. That's how we're introduced, of course. The first girl yeah. dies near near water. Which even that scene is weird, and I was expecting something to jump out at that scene. Where the this is at the very beginning of the swimming pool, and she's just lying in it. It's very odd the way yeah. she's. Which is yeah, I mean, it's setting up the character, and uh, the... I know it is odd. Do you would you like your your, uh, your thing again? Keep the audience entertained, Andy. So, uh, baby news. Aspen has a collection of toys all around him. Uh, now he's got the dummy in his in his mouth. The sock is off, and the left foot is doing quite a lot of kicking. He needs to be a little bit active, so I'm going to put him in a, in a thing. In a thing. The sock's going back on. Aspen seems ambivalent about the sock coming back on. <laughs> Now he's in a, a thing. <laughs> it's called Blossom Farm. Blossom Farm, he's in Blossom Farm. Is it Blossom Farm? Hi, Blossom. dude! I call it Blossom Hill, I call it. All many names. Uh, I've taken the uh, the Blossom Farm part off because it kind of makes noises. And, uh, okay, done. Awesome. <sighs> so, yeah, it falls. Yeah, so, yeah, water is, is, is a... Is a a thing, and I wonder if is water a conductor? Is it is it something that it's something that the the the, the teenagers are drawn to? Well, holistic people seem to think that water has memory. Yeah, a lot of hauntings are by water because a lot of people believe in that kind of thing. Would say that the yeah. water can hold memory, remembers things. So are they that are they that tuned in these kids, or is it just simply a, a natural thing that that water seems to be there? Their uh, element of, uh, of safety is there a certain aspect of escape escape via water possibly yeah yeah maybe I mean, I mean, an ocean water of water can be is clean to be cleansed to be cleansed, in the water yeah, the yeah. baptism what happens after sex you want to have a shower maybe yeah yeah I don't know um, but uh, you know water it, it just seemed to be very odd that water was so so much a part of this mm. and that and their ultimate solution was to draw the uh, the it to a swimming pool so that they could electrocute it. Yeah. Which, uh, what did you think about that that idea of we can't shoot it, but if we, if we lure it to a swimming pool, we might be able to electrocute his ass. Yeah, it seemed a bit um, not in keeping with the rest of the film. It does. Yeah, it, it seems to be a bit of a stretch, a bit of a reach, and it doesn't work. It, it, no, it, it makes an interesting climactic scene, but right. Imagine this. Okay. Oh, so, oh, the producers asked us in for a meeting. 
Oh god, alright, alright. I got a, I, I got an idea for the end of your film. I got an idea for the end of your film. Electrocute the thing. No, that's not in the story. No, there's no action. The end. Electrocute the thing. Could it have been a studio idea? It's kind of like um, it's kind of like the A Team, where the the team they all get together. If you actually had that 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 theme thumping music behind yeah. them while they're setting up all the different uh, a myriad of different yeah. items, a plethora of different items. Yeah, they make a nuclear th- fusion <laughs> device out of some matches and the yeah. BA's they, breath. I mean, but they're they're taking a bit of a, a bit of a leap here to say that you know the little bullets can't harm it, so. You know, maybe, maybe we can just electrocute it, but it's a swimming pool. There's a lot of water there. <laughs> if you lured it, I thought they were going to lure it to the small pool. That would have been better because it's a small pool, and you, all you need is a good whisk. Mm. <laughs> you know, but uh, they got they throw lamps, TVs, and the thing is, it, it it comes along and starts throwing stuff at the girl who's in the pool anyway. So yeah. it's kind of like, well, didn't think about that one, did you guys? So, yeah, I think it was a bit of a reach, and I think it probably was a bit of an intervention for the sake of having a climactic scene. Yeah. But then, you know, Yara gets shot because the guy's that good. Yeah, at, good. At, I mean, the, the, the actual possibility of anybody else in that, in, in, in that area being shot, it just so happens that she's directly in, in the way of that bullet, which is a bit, uh, a bit crazy. Yeah. But at that the distance, is quite... Uh... Or, or was it... I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that was. And doesn't she have sex with a friend in she the hospital? Has, she has sex with quite a few of her friends, doesn't she? she? Well, she has sex with both the guys. Yeah. Um, the the long haired guy she has sex with because he's yeah, that's he's the one who gets killed by his mum, isn't it? Yeah, because he has a. Yeah, I think he's trying to help her. He's just trying to say, look, look, let me take it. He's drawn it away from her, giving a bit of relief, and uh, and, and nothing seems to be bothering him. So until. She loses contact with him one mm. night, thinking, "Oh, well, he's not—he's not answering his phone." Then she goes over there. Oh, she looks out a window, doesn't she, and sees a. Oh, she sees it. Sees a mum, isn't it? Who knocks on the oh, knocks on the door very weirdly and goes through the window. Yeah, but that—that's uh, that, another thing. I mean, uh, only the person who has been who's it, who, who's been itted. Mm. can actually see them, right? Yeah, yeah. Unless you are previous. I mean, if you've been previously. Yeah, yeah, because the guy who gives her the it, he can still see them. Yeah, so that's that's the, the funny thing. So you still have, you still have it, but it's not into you. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, so, it, it's yeah. so not into you. It's so not into you, which is another movie completely and um, very Jennifer a Jennifer Aniston device. Should have been interesting in this movie. <laughs> yeah, she should have played it. You know, that's something else uh, they're remaking. It. They're remaking it, so it will follow it. it it's the remake of it will follow it follows. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. So the the guy gets killed, and then all of a sudden it's back to her. Yeah. So in the end, she has sex with Paul, uh, who has has been kind of. I think he's been. Yeah, he's sort of had a crush on her his whole life. I think. Yeah, and they, and they were they were each other's first kiss, which might have been that you know that. Oh, but but then I'm starting to wonder how how did this all start? I mean, it's not as if there's a big line behind, you know, the, the, her first boyfriend. There's nothing before then to say that that there's been a big line of people going missing or getting murdered or killed. It just seems to start with that guy. It does, yeah. But again, I like how it's not answered. You don't know you where don't it's know. coming from. I just hope they don't do a prequel. I don't think they'll. I, I, I it's beginning. I don't think they're going to do a prequel, but I do think they're going to do a sequel with with Jay and Paul looking into the origins of the of it. Right. So I have a feeling it might kind of go down a sense of 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 the Mothman prophecies, where they're trying yeah. to figure out how it all came about, what what it's all about. It might even be like the Blair Witch, where they're they're literally just so fascinated they're just going to do a found footage thing who knows what they're going to do with it mm. but um, they're both at the end and we're we kind of assuming that something's following both of them yeah or following one of them because it'll only be following one of them at a time yeah. so uh, um, as long as you know as long as it's the same director doing the same thing you know and, and furthering the story but I think that he does have I've, I've read that he does have more story to tell 
Good. That this isn't actually just it. <laughs> it doesn't just yeah. uh, be- beginning and end with it. It, it, it it's it's gonna it's gonna continue, and I don't know if it follows too. It continues to follow. It, it it's still it, it's still there. Yeah, <laughs> it's still with me. So who knows? Who knows how, what they're going to do with it? But I'm I'm hoping that um, that, that the problem is is whenever you do have sequels, uh, 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 the first film is great. Second film can be great if the same director's with it. By the third or the fourth, there's some schmuck called called from who was called upon Craigslist yeah. to just go say, "Do you want to direct a movie?" Yeah, oh, my favorite films are. Yeah, it's some DP somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah. Or Yanderbont. <laughs> oh yeah, hi. Who who did speed, and that was the only. I mean, sometimes cinematographers are, are good directors. Sometimes they're not. Um, so yeah, I mean, it depends on who is going to take the reins if they do carry on. I mean, maybe he's going to be a, one of these smart directors who keeps hold of it mm. and doesn't let it go anywhere else. Yeah. But one thing I loved yeah. about this was um, its soundtrack. Oh, th- let's talk about the soundtrack. Yeah. It hard back to early zombie films. Obviously, yes. Carpenter it was very Carpenter esque. Oh yeah, Terminator kind of. Right? Yeah. It had that yeah. kind of a sense of tech noir. Um, the sim- the synthesizers, the, uh, the, the the kind of the low grungy beat that they had that was so raw it was really nice to hear in fact I I really want I really want that soundtrack yeah yeah and it it creates a kinetic energy to it Mm. and it's not always and then then it has that kind of a gentle gentleness to it as well it's not all it's not in your face no it's very yeah I mean there's there's been a few good soundtracks lately also for games I mean The Last of Us is probably one of my favourites of the last five years but uh, I don't think Starry Eyed I remember this the soundtrack the film itself was just too too much yeah it was a lot to take in that film good thing about this film as well that stands out other than music is the lack of music silence yeah The, the the music is not telling you what to think no, in this film, it doesn't. It doesn't need to. It's creepy, it's and you're you're always yeah, you're always waiting for the next thing to happen, or looking into the corner of the screen to see if something's walking towards it. it you don't need the music yeah. to be going. Yeah, it's not your emotional compass. No. It's not. It's not there to to fill in the gaps. And and I think that's lazy filmmaking a lot of the time. Where we'll use the music. Yeah, it's to tell you how you're supposed to be feeling. Right, you're supposed to be scared of this bit, and there's going to be a big bang to make you jump. Yeah, and then we're going to kind of just take it easy. Now we've got a tender scene, so let's have let's have easy, gentle plucking of a guitar just yeah. to kind of emphasise that. And it's all emphasis. It's all kind of trying to heighten that emotion to the highest extreme, so that you're that much more invested than you would normally be if there was no music. But then silence. Silence has that that ability to kind of. But there's something very unnatural about silence. I, you know a, I mean, you, yeah. even, you don't, you never really have silence in everyday life. Even when no one's talking, you can still hear it's something. Obvious, yeah. But when there's absolute silence on film, it's unnerving and. Yeah, and, and, and I always wonder how long you can play that with an audience, and I think we we tried that ourselves. We had the uh, the un- unpacking of the of the, uh, the 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 box in CACO three. Yeah, that was silence. a long s- scene that didn't have any music, didn't have any dialogue. It was just the sound of you opening the package, mm. and um, yeah, it, it was a lot shorter than it was when we filmed it. <laughs> yeah, we told me but it's because you made it impenetrable. The box <laughs> couldn't get in it. But that's it. I mean, it, it, it kind of lingered it lingered so much that once once you kind of I think I think that's probably what something is a part of our learning you know maybe there was a another way of doing it but we kind of wanted to kind of punctuate the silence a little bit before we went to the uh, to the the climax yeah and that's what this does but of course to a professional standard yeah we're, we're not that good but the, no no <laughs> but the thing is is like what we recognised we were trying to do with CAC03 we put the little Halloween homage in there when the light came on yes and we, we, we had that nice slow we knew pace. what we were sort of yeah. going towards and that's why it follows does brilliantly 
Yeah, and, and, tr- and transitions as well. I mean, it, 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 it's not afraid to walk the entire corridor. It's not afraid to 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 walk the whole street, to to take the car for a, a long journey, um, to kind of stare at somebody for a few minutes, looking at their um, phones or watching the TV. It, it it's not afraid to just let it happen. That was another thing. Okay. The kid that kept peeking at her. That time when she was in a bedroom and there's a knock at the window when she runs to the window and there's it's nothing the, there. The and red shirt. Yeah, and then you see the outside and it's just that kid looking behind the window has been perving on her. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was like two or three times. It happened in the swimming pool. Yeah. those kids were staring at her. At the very beginning, that yeah. was the first kind of... Someone's linked their fact to, oh, we've been watched. Yeah. That's another part yeah. of this. Well, maybe there was not... Maybe there weren't two kids there. Maybe there was just one and then the other one is just this... But it wasn't following her at that point. No, it wasn't. No, but it. But whatever that is, it, it could be separate. I mean, red. There was a red ball that hit the window when she was just just checking checking herself. When he it, went into that cinema, that was all red. That red red is another another theme in this yeah. uh, that makes you wonder. You know, where where does that come from and why? Hmm. And uh, but white white. Everybody, everybody wore white. The it follows was white. Yeah. At the end, they wore black and white. I mean, the colours. Uh, there's so much going on that it's symbolism. It's thick with symbolism all the way through. You know, yeah. going back to that c- cinema scene, I really yeah, yeah, like yeah. that where they were like it saying, "So, who have you noticed who's most like you?" And then they pick someone, and then he looks round to pick someone who thinks who thinks that she's close. It's just, oh, that little boy there. And she looks, and there's no one there. What little boy? And then he freaks out, and they have to get out. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's and really, it's, it's really good. It sort of plants the see thinking. Hang on. What's what's wrong with this? It's like like like. But that. I'm surprised that that guy could actually have sex with her. Because if you were that freaked out that, that thing's coming for you, you know, uh, uh, 24 hours a day, no matter where you are, it's trying to get to you. To perform would have been difficult. Sexually. True. True. <laughs> But she, she, it's not as if she was quite hot though. So she was, I would have, yeah. I would have, I would have gone through it. She, yeah. she had a Kaylee Cuoco kind of. A she does, thing. yeah. But it was an intention for him to, uh, to try and break the the pattern, wasn't it? I mean, mm. I mean, it, it was passed to him, so obviously, passing it to her, he he wanted to do something differently. He wasn't just gonna screw her and then dump her, and leave her. You know, he wanted to show her yeah. what it was, so that she had a chance to figure it out and I don't know why that was why she was suddenly why she is our protagonist in this movie and he's let you know letting her know because he, she, he must know that if she dies it goes back to him anyway yeah so uh, yeah what do you reckon he's having a ball over there isn't he he's having fun and he's got he's got sorry on television with with Ronnie Corbett just watched episode of the two Ronnie's it's great yeah and he's he's just he's just he's turned himself around <laughs> have you noticed he's turned himself yeah. around in that bumble farm thing and he's just looking at sorry which I don't remember ever no neither do I yeah but um, um so it follows <laughs> yeah, yeah I would recommend this film do you think it speaks to the wide variety of horror enthusiasts out there? I, th- I think that's, that some are going to struggle with the pace. Yeah. They get, some are going to be saying it's a bit bit slow. Nothing where's really the, happens. Where's all the go? Where's all the go? Yeah, but there's a, there's go in the beginning because naturally somebody has to die um, to kind of prove the point. Um, we have to also see one of the friends die or at least one of them. Only one of them dies though. Mm. The other one gets shot. Yeah. Which brings me to the, uh, the the Yara theory that's been going around um, certain forums well, that she has something to do with it. Really? That she um, that there's certain things that she seems to be the the kind of the the uh, the, the, the character who is least invested in the uh, in the circle of friends. She's kind of very much into her own thing. She's reading her poem thing reading that story she's kind of separate on the beach she wants to be in the water separate the, 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 there's also the thing where she that they're kind of saying that that she was the one who brought the tall character into the bedroom that she actually was with the character interesting that there's a potential that she uh, her getting shot coincided with the disappearance of it 
so See, that, I've only seen it once. You've seen it twice, or would you agree with all that? Um, Thinking back, it seems quite. It's, it's, it's a plausible, plausible thing that she's still alive. She's still set up for the next um, film, um, but she's she seems to be kind of say things about her palm reader yeah. that are relevant at the time. Something about the souls, you know, never, you know, a part a part of you leaving the, the soul, and, and she seems to be kind of into something else that that is outside of the circle. And I'm I'm just kind of wondering what is that. What is that about? And and when I when I kind of looked it up to find out what other people had thought, they had this whole theory that she she is the the actual um, she she's the one who brought this curse about and that she started it to. I'm having a look now. See if there's been a second one announced. You can have a look on here. What do you reckon, Aspen? Are they going to make another one? Ask a baby a question. You see, he's young, isn't he? How old is he? Graduated from Florida State University while somebody has to. Um, Yeah, there's nothing announced. No, I can't find anything. It follows. Well, I'd like to see that film, that it's based more around her and whether she's part of this. Yeah. I think I'd like to have those questions answered. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on there, and I think there's uh, that we like the idea of ambi- ambiguity in, yeah. in film, and I think that that's it's causing people to kind of build theories because mm. they don't know, they don't know, and that's great. That's great. I mean, we've had a, we've had a good. Uh, I think this Halloween, well, I'm I'm, I'm going to put a showcase of films on. I think for yeah. uh, for the neighborhood to to watch, and I, I think it's going to be a completely different list than it ever has been. Before we've had Poltergeist, Chainsaw Massacre, you've got your your typical Halloween film, Friday the Thirteenth. But now, you've got Babadook, Starry Eyes, and you've got It, it Follows. Follows. In the last year, maybe Unfriended, maybe Unfriended if it's any good. Um, but in the last year, we've had three really good movies, horror movies that have stepped up into the kind of like the top top twenty at least. Mm. Um, and that's impressive. It is, and I think maybe we're starting to move towards a, a, a new renaissance period. Yeah, I just think horror as a genre will be one of the will always be one of the most popular genres because people want to be scared. You want to go into a exactly a home theater and you know and be scared. Exactly. And what was that? Oh, I do. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I mean, mm. I mean that, that's the Enfield Haunting, the the TV series on, on Sky. I really Living. enjoyed it. Did you really enjoy that? that? I did. I finished it on Monday. Yeah, let's let's talk about that then. That we've done okay. it follows, and we've got. Um, well, we're just coming up to the fifty-five minute mark now, so we're still we've still got a few minutes to talk yeah. about. Mister Gross, can I ask you something? How many poltergeists have you actually dealt with? None. This is a house of death. For you. But this is fraud. And you should be able to find proof of fraud. This is a house of death. For you. It's not supposed to do that. Where they took liberties with the stories, I didn't mind that much, to no. be honest with you. A lot of it, even though I knew a lot about the Enfield horror, you know, the Enfield poltergeist, I um, wasn't aware that he, his his daughter had recently been... Uh, is that been, true, though? Is true. that is that is actually true? After we watched the third instalment, we watched a documentary on YouTube about about it, and yeah, and it was true. Oh, yeah, because I had no him, idea. That's yeah. what made him interested in the afterlife, is he wants to find that... The uh, fact that he, he never actually spoke to her through the girl, yeah. but I thought that was a lovely moment. Well, they mm. needed to take take a drama. They needed some creative yeah. drama, so they found the drama was with him. Yeah, uh, more than the girl. It was about him. It was about him, and he was keeping it there because he was so desperate to speak to his daughter again. And it was him who wasn't letting go of the poltergeist. It wasn't the family. It was him. That's interesting. It was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, so yeah I enjoyed it, it. Yeah, well, when you put it that way, it does put a, a, a nice spin on it. It does. I mean. Timothy Small is he did he really be, well. He should be in everything, Timothy Small. He has, and but I really enjoyed the Enfield haunting. haunting. Yeah, I thought it was it was really good. It was um, it 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 didn't 
Um, it didn't undermine the story, the real whatever the real story actually is. Yeah, it, it, it added a few layers to it, mm. uh, which were good dramatically. And the girl who yeah. played the, the the main the little girl, what's it? I forget her name. Now, she was brilliant. Yeah, she did really well. There was a nice story between the two girls at the beginning of the film about the uh, the dog licking the hand. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a, a creepy sort creepy. of. Scary story before, which is a great way to start a movie, a mini series, even. Um, Even if they release this as a movie, it would have been worthy of cinematic. Absolutely, yeah, it has some really great pieces. Um, A three-hour horror film. I mean, who who does that? That could have been really (laughs) good. Lynch. (laughs) But I love that scene where um, there's a knock. Is when you think everything's fine now. Yeah, they've got rid of it, and yeah, that knock on the door, and she thinks it's Morris, who's played by Timothy Spall. Like, so she runs to the door, and there's no one there, and she looks out, and the door shuts behind her. So, so she's she like, "Oh, she in. can't get in," and she's shouting, and she thinks, "Oh, right." So she goes round the back of the house, and then she looks through the kitchen window, and she sees herself sat with her mum and her sister. It's a gorgeous moment. It's beautiful, it, and then it the, reminds this me of spe- something. This spectral, the spectral image of herself just stirs at her through the window, and it's you great. think, oh, "It's all going to happen again." Yeah, it's just freaks out. It's brilliant. It's really well done. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they didn't they didn't stick any of the uh, the, the the stuff that we we thought they were going to put in about her levitating and being thrown from the bed and, and the pictures becoming famous or anything mm. like that. They took that out, and maybe rightly so because it wasn't dramatic, and it, we know that's what what the Enfield poltergeist is about. But they needed to give something fresh and new, a different angle on it, so that uh, so that we were more surprised. We weren't mm. expecting it, and I think, yeah. that, like you say, that scene just then, yeah, that's that's worthy. Yeah, absolutely worthy of note. And I'm, I'm hoping now that this is out, that the Conjuring Two guys, if they have stolen the uh, the entity, the the, uh, the intellectual property of the Enfield Poltergeist in its title, yeah. and rehashed it into something that is just another haunted house movie. We'll kind of think twice. Well, if you think, if you if, think, well, if you've already shot it, then there's nothing we can do about it. But in that trailer, if that is an actual trailer and not just something fans have done, yeah. I mean, it was a big manor house in the middle of nowhere. Again, yeah, not like a, a, a council house in the middle of a housing estate in London. Yeah. It had like proper, full-blown, crazy possessions with distorted faces and. It was just. It's just. It's the stuff that we want to move away from now. That we, we, I think there's a place for that, but yeah, for up and coming for up and coming directors who are learning their craft, maybe. Yeah. But they shouldn't be given such huge budgets to play with uh, when they're doing it, uh, because that's money that could be well spent on on, on two really good independent movies yeah. rather than one really stupid learning lesson for for a one up and coming director. That's kind of where I kind of see it as being a bit of a waste. What I would like now with the Enfield Haunting is when it gets released on DVD, Blu-ray, there might be a new documentary about the actual case. Yes. That's been done. Yeah, without Philip Schofield. Without Philip Schofield, because the the main girl in it, she is now a little bit more vocal about what happened. And Yeah, yeah. I wonder what discussed. she thought about it. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see it. But yeah, it follows. Watch, it's really good. And if you haven't seen the Enfield Haunting, watch that too. Yeah. It's really good. There we go. Yeah, episode so, thirty wrapped, wrapped in the bag, and Aspen totally didn't uh, didn't kick off or cry. I'm really no, he's loved it. Really impressed. And the ball over there, isn't he? Yeah, I think I, I took his Blossom Farm noisy toy away from him, but uh, that's okay. He's you he's can happy. give it him back now. Should we give it him back and see what it actually does? This is what you would have heard, guys. Isn't that just class? So here we go, Aspen. You missed it. It's here. There you go. Go nuts. <laughs> so, is there anything else you want to say about on this thirtieth episode? Um, it's been a pleasure. Then, you know, it's, uh, we'll we'll have a long look back now uh, on all our best moments. Mm. And no, do you remember that first episode? <laughs> the Babadook. The I Babadook. Think, yeah. Uh, do you think we're getting better? I think so. Do you think we're, do we're more relaxed? Yeah. Probably not.
Do you want to make a podcast? Create another frame by frame. We are consistent with it every week. The future's bleak. It's anybody's game. We owe it to our fans now. All 12 of them. And both of them are my mom. Do you want to make a podcast? You could even mention Spice Girls. Sounds like fun.